Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros. Kids, we are back in Austin, Texas. We had a lovely time in Tennessee, D'Anthony. But a storm's heading over to the East Coast now. I feel like we got out of there just in time. Uh, It's going to affect flights all up and down the coast for the next few days. If you're in Florida, hopefully you'll stay safe. We got a special guest on the show today. We've got adult film star Maitland Ward. Maitland, where are you at today? I'm in Los Angeles, but I am hearing about the storm from a lot of people in like Florida and everything. So it's terrible. So I'm sending love out to everybody who's going through that right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how much love though? You know, at this point, so much love, so much love. Okay. Like all of my heart is no. Seriously, I have several friends in Florida, and they're really. They're really hurting, so I'm. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's pretty. Cra- it's pretty crazy out there. Yeah, really um, crazy. So you're in Los Angeles currently. You've got a new book out called X Rated. Uh, rated X. Rated X. Rated X. I apologize. <laughs> uh, well, look, it wouldn't be drinking, bros, if I didn't fuck up the intro. So uh, we're good to go on that, at least. Um, but you have such a crazy life story uh, that I think this book um, is obviously worthy of a biography uh, about your life. Everybody knows you from uh, from starring on Boy Meets World uh, as a as a young lady on uh, on TGIF, and uh, and then you made the switch at some point to adult films. Uh, what was the reason behind that? Oh, it was such a long journey. I think people think, oh, they see me on TGIF and then, you know, time passes and they kind of don't realize that a lot of time has passed. And uh, they think, oh, my God, she turned to porn. And that was just like an overnight decision. And it really wasn't. It was in the book shows. It's really was a journey for me as, as a person and as a woman and finding my sexuality and what I wanted to do in life and, and how I wanted to explore that. Um, so it was very... I would say it was a very uh, slow process and like, I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to dive in like right at once. It was kind of like a lobster boiling. (laughs) Like if you're in the water and the water gets turned up slowly over time, it's like you're, you're boiling, but you're there. (laughs) Like, so, um, but yeah, I, I, I really found myself as a woman and in my sexuality. And I found that I'm, I love sexual performing. I'm really good at it. I think, I hope my, my, my fans think so. I think. <laughs> oh yeah. Look, you're one of the best in the biz and we're not shy around here. We've had a bunch okay. of, uh, uh, porn stars on the show before yeah. and we have our faves. Uh, you are one of them. Uh, but uh-huh. you, you mentioned about jumping into the, the lobster pot there. I mean, you really did by the way. I mean, there's yeah. some, cause I'm looking at uh, uh Pornhub right now. Uh, I mean, there's some gangbangs in there that are pretty yes. intense. Oh, oh, I'm not. Listen, the people, what I really, when I went into business, I didn't want people to think I was just using it as like a lot of stars do as like having sex tapes or, or just like using a little bit of the sex business to get popularity and then go right back to mainstream and everything. So, um, I wanted to prove that, look, I have street credit. I have anal, I got gangbangs, I got everything. I yeah. have a DP coming up this week. You just got to do a snuff murder. film and murder somebody. At yeah, some that's it. Snuff no, film is next. I don't go that far. <laughs> but my DP on deeper.com this week is my first. Uh, so um, so that's exciting. But yeah, I don't like shy away from all of the 
hardcore stuff. I, I do it all. <laughs> so are you married in real life then? Yes, I'm married. I've been married since 2006 and he's been such a part of my journey. Um, I would actually not have been in porn if he hadn't recognized that I really needed to do this because so, well, I started out like doing my own content and stuff where I was doing like girl, girl stuff. And he, of course he, he was fine. With that. <laughs> and yeah. There was no issues there, but um, then he saw like, I had all of these like sexual fantasies and, and scenes that I wanted to play out. And I, I was like talking more about like my, you know, I wrote erotic like fiction and scenes and stuff. And he saw that I, you know, you really need to try this. These are things that you really want to do and that you're good at it. And um, so, yeah, he was instrumental in helping me like bridge that gap. And in my first like um, content shoots, which were not the big scenes that you see on the sites or anything, they were um, like in hotel rooms and stuff. And just like we were testing it out and he was right there with me and we were seeing how we felt about it. And uh, we got, we were so lucky getting two very established male porn stars that really helped me along the way and made us both feel comfortable. And, uh, and then I found out, I just, I love doing all this stuff and I keep losing my head from your phone. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, but, um, cause, yeah, so, cause you mentioned you have like your first DP scene this week. How does that convo go down at your house with your husband of like, Hey hun, I've got a DP scene today. I just want to kind of chill out and have some hot pockets tonight. I can't fuck <laughs> later. I apologize. Well, actually, I don't think the DP scene was actually a big thing of conversation because I've gone so far. I think um, like I've done so much like on deeper and stuff, which is the site I'm the contract face of. Uh, I've done gangbangs. I've done like the DP wasn't wasn't the thing that like we had to really discuss along the way. Actually, we have discussed like I like I I want to do all of these things. And it was kind of like I I couldn't accomplish all these things just in my marriage. And like marital sex is so different than like when you're doing porn sex and stuff. So I it's like I I wouldn't really have a DP in my marriage. But it's something that I really want wanted to do and like a gangbang and like um yeah just just multiple people in the scene and like bondage stuff and like dungeon stuff and all that so um so it really porn really gives me the chance to you know explore all of my sexual sides experience all these things with in a very safe situation i know people, people think oh my god porn is so dangerous and scary it's really a controlled safe situation we're all tested every two weeks for stds we're all you know no, we have to all sign paperwork and consent forms and talk about it ahead of time and what we're going to do. So I really, and the people are professional. They don't expect like, like if you were, if you were out there finding, you know, men to do this with, there might be some emotional attachments or situations that were uncomfortable. This is like, I have professionals that show up, know what they're doing, do a great job. I have a great time. We perform and then they go home. <laughs> like, yeah not weird and we're all friends like my husband is friends with guys that i perform with like regularly and do you guys go to dinner together and what's that like what's the convo at dinner of like hey did you like having sex with my wife how did the scene go today because it's it's such an awkward conversation to well, have. or if the scene is the following day it's like hey don't eat too much yes <laughs> Because we've had yeah, that discussion you before. Anal, yeah. You have to do anal, you don't want to eat too much either. <laughs> that, that, we've had that conversation on the show before with somebody yeah. else. And uh, and we said, hey, come and meet us for dinner. And they were like, look, I can't have dinner um, right after the interview because I, I've got this anal scene tomorrow. Yeah. 
I have a whole chapter in the book on anal and anal preparation. But I have to say, I don't have as much trouble with anal as some girls do, like with cleaning out, with taking it. <laughs> like I, I have a good asshole for anal. That's what I'll, all I'm going to say for that. <laughs> and I discovered it along the way that I really can, you know, pack a punch with it. But honestly, I, if we're going out to dinner with the guys that I've had sex with, actually, we did recently, the guy that I did a DP with. Uh, he, he was at my book signing. We had a nice dinner at one of my book signings and they didn't, we don't talk about the actual sex of it. It's weird. He has a, he has a wife too. So it's like, no, that's just left on the set. It's not like something like, Oh, let's talk about the sex. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cause, cause you're always curious. Cause most of these relationships go South. Um, and, and, and when you said you've been married for, you know, over 15 years now yeah. at this point, I'm sure you guys aren't going anywhere, uh, now, um, I'm surprised you don't have like an only fans or, or I something do. like that. Do you, I, do. I have one of the biggest only fans actually. Yeah. I make six figures a month on it. No way. That's great. So yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't have one. I don't have only fans. I, I do the scene sites and the, or the site scenes, sorry. And then also my only fans and stuff. And then I have a flashlight too. Gotcha. Because some some people are contracted. So we've had porn stars on in the past. Oh, so you're contracted I, as well, and now you're allowed yeah. to do OnlyFans and everything else. Yeah, and part of my contract uh, with Deeper and Vixen is, uh, yeah, I get to do my OnlyFans because I made so much money on it, and it's just yeah, part of my deal. So some people are contracted; they can't do that. But you know, I'm you're I, above I, it. I, I was well. That was part of my negotiations. Like, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't gonna give that up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I recently saw one of your co-stars, uh, Will Friedel. Uh, he said that he supports your decision to do porn. However, he's never watched it. Yeah, I don't. Said, yeah. I don't believe that whatsoever. <laughs> obviously, we're all gonna take a peeksies at a past coworker <laughs> if some, if some wild shit goes down. <laughs> will is amazing. He has told me on several occasions he will never watch anything I do. And somebody joked, uh, I was some other podcast that I was doing or um, interview. And they were like, why is he protesting so much? Why is he saying he's never watched? <laughs> and um, I see if it, if it was me, I would take a peek of him. He was doing porn. I would look. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I look sure. at dudes dicks but in the like, urinal all yeah, the time. We, yeah. I mean, very it, it, we, we look at dudes dicks in the urinal. You know that, right? Like, I'll take a peek <laughs> no, over just to see what they're really, doing. I, I always wondered about that. Yep. Like seeing, like comparing yourselves. Yeah. Uh, it's not about comparing. It's just about, you or know, just seeing. just seeing shit. It's the same reason people slow down when there's an accident. Yeah. You want to see that dead body. You want to see that hog on yeah. somebody else. You know, yeah. I'll take a peek's over. <laughs> and Have if, you ever looked at another urinal and been like, whoa, that guy is massive. Oh, a hundred percent. And we've done it on this show before. We've pulled up some of our favorite cocks on other celebrities <laughs> that we're proud of. And we're like, holy shit. Uh, John John Mayer's one of them on this show that we've pulled him up. Oh before. yeah, I heard about. I heard John Mayer. I heard two hander that guy. Um, wow. Yeah, look oh, at just I've had three handers. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at some of the footage now. I don't even know. I like this isn't even safe to slide down inside of a a firehouse. Um, I mean that's massive. Some of the the dick you're taking here and these. <laughs> do you know beforehand? Do you study up on people before you get there the next day? Uh, you know what? Yes, I and I'm lucky though. Some porn stars or a lot of them don't know who they're having the next day on like their scenes. Um, I am very fortunate. I get to kind of choose who I want, so I kind of see. Oh, would I like this person? Do you think I'd be attracted to this person? So I kind of pick people that I would 
you know, I think I'd have a chemistry with or be attracted to or whatever. So I do do a little research. I do know their dicks pretty much. I mean, uh, but you you can't even tell in the picture how in person, like it's just amazing that these guys have such big dicks. They are literally arms. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing, but it's also, it's, it's very thrilling and it's a challenge for me and I, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> well, look, when you do what you love, you never work a day in yeah. your life and you that's amazing. Love, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, a, look, that's above my kitchen with my kids and all that stuff. And, uh, and I'm sure they will be amped to hear this today. Uh, but like you take a Gary Owen, uh, for example, is it, wait, is it Owen Gary or Gary Owen? Whenever somebody's got two first names, it's I always Owen, fuck it up. It's Owen Gray. Oh, it's Owen Gray. That's it. Yeah, Ga- Owen Gary, Gray, yes. Gary yeah, Owen. Gary Owen. Owen's Gary Owen's a military thing. Yeah, that's the, that's the uh, comedian. Mm. Yeah. yeah that's right. Maybe I have that's no right. idea. Yeah. How is he? I have not been with Owen Gray, but I, I met him and he was in a movie of mine that I did not, I wasn't in his scene, but yeah, he's massive too. Yeah. 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 I've seen uh, a lot of him. Uh, you, you also have a lot of black guys in your stuff. Is that by your preference or is that the audience? You know what? It's funny. And I, I'm honestly saying this when I first started out, one of my, my first like huge scene was blacked for Vixen. And I didn't even think about like race stuff. I didn't even think about it. And like, um, and people were like, wow, you, you take black guys. And it's like, what? that's not a big deal for me at all. I didn't even like conceptualize that. Um, and yeah, it's just who I'm attracted to. And yeah, I've, I've been attracted to black guys, white guys, you know, whatever, who's ever good at, <laughs> good at the sex and stuff. So it's no, I haven't thought about like it being a race thing or anything. It's just who I like. Well, I didn't know if they paired you guys up. Cause this is my guess, right? And, and all the questions that I've ever wanted to know, I usually ask when somebody like you is on the show, like, uh, yeah. whenever, whenever it was a lot of black guys with the complexion of your skin and everything, uh, with it being super white like that, it just kind of looks cool on screen. You ever think that that's the reason? Well, I think, yeah, I think aesthetically, anybody who you're paired with, they want it to look really beautiful. And I think that is true that it does, you know, it looks nice because it's just, you know, our, our complexions matching up and stuff. But, um, uh, you know what, honestly, I really, I, I don't have conversations like this. It's always like, Oh, do you like this, this performer, this performer? And I get the choices and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm attracted to this one. I'm attracted to this one. It doesn't, I'm not thinking about like race or anything like that. And it's, it's honestly a true statement when, you know, and I talk about in the book, like I got a lot of feedback because the first guy that I ever worked with is a mate is an amazing a black performer. And this was on my contents and everything. And I talk about how people came at me and said, oh my God, you're interracial and all this. And I wasn't even conceptualizing that that would ever be a thing. And I had people on my uh, Instagram and stuff being terrible about it. And it, it just really opened my eyes to that kind of uh, thing. And, um, but yeah, so it's just, it's something that I'm just, I just pick who I'm attracted to. And I, yeah. Yeah, we don't see race here on the show either. Uh, D'Anthony and I don't at all. No. Or, or gender, and neither do you, because yeah. there, there's also a lot of sex scenes with women that you uh-huh. have. Some of yeah. our faves on there, Angela White is on there. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was my favorite movie, yes. <laughs> do you get, how does that work? Do you get to call her? Does she call you? Uh, or, or does well, the company put you guys together? The company did. That was my first movie, the one that really blew up on the internet drive on Deeper. Um, she was already cast in it like before I had done the Okay. I had done the black scene cause I wanted to do it. I wanted to do a really hot, they do beautiful stuff. So I was like, I really wanted to do a beautiful production where it was like 
you know, as the pictures and the aesthetics and everything was just gorgeous. And so I did it and it came out on a Saturday and it blew up. Like I, I didn't even announce it to press or anything or didn't do any podcast and do any interviews or anything. But on the internet, people found out Rachel was on black. So or she's doing porn now. <laughs> like, so it really, uh, it actually crashed their site that day. And it was just broke all the records for their numbers. But she, Caden Cross, who uh, did, who, who did just launched deeper.com um, mm-hmm. under the brand of Vixen. Vixen has all the sites like Black, Black Draw, Deeper, all those ones. Sure. Um, so she had just launched about four months earlier. And then she was doing her first big feature film because Deeper is the feature film, the award-winning kind of brand that does the lengthier, like more cinematic productions. Mm-hmm. Angela was in that production, but she there was a co-lead with her that they lost on that Saturday, the same day my black scene came out. And then Caden um, thought she had to like scrap the production because it's very hard to find somebody in porn who, who can handle a lot of dialogue very fast do a very like, you know, lengthy production. It was, they were under deadline. So she went to Vixen um, like that Monday morning and said, I think we lost the co-lead. I don't think we can do this. And then um, they said, we'll talk to Maitland. She's an actress and she just broke all the records. You can do this if you have Maitland. Yeah. And so we talked that day. I got the script and it was amazing. It was like what I've dreamed of doing. What It was like a full scripted piece that would have like great acting for me and and directing and and everything in, involved in it, and so I talked to her at like a Starbucks that afternoon, and the rest was history. We um, we decided to do it, and that's how I got co-star with Angela because she was already in it. But the funny thing is, in that production, Angela and I did not actually have sex. I was her sexual, I guess it was her sexual like persona. I was leading her down this dark path of, you know, all this, uh, you know, she was kind of like a straight laced kind of girl in the film. And I was leading her down a debaucherous path. So you were like, uh, the devil on her shoulder or some shit. Kind of, yeah, yeah, I was, I wasn't like a real person in that thing. We have had sex years just well, like last year in, um, in an orgy, but, yeah. but in that film, people think that we had some big sex scene, but we actually didn't. I just kind of I rubbed her vagina for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I, I led her to all of her sexual. I don't uh, think uh, Bill Clinton wouldn't consider that sex. No, no, he wouldn't. No, no he wouldn't. But it's funny that people think like, oh, you guys had sex in that film. Even if they saw it, they think it. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those things where you see the yeah. thumbnails and everything else that goes yeah. around and you're like, all right, it's great. So yeah. Because right. that's kind of what it is. And, you know, we've had this, this discussion as well um, with these thumbnails and with these titles why is it always stepsister, stepdad, mom, dad? Why is it so incestuous these days as far you know what, as I've never go? done an incestuous film. I've never had a stepmom, stepdad, any kind of film that I've ever done. So I don't understand that. I don't we don't do a lot of that at we don't do a lot of that at Vixen and Deeper, like the step family. It's that's a lot of Brazzers kind of stuff. They do that a ton. Are like, you, t- are you talking shit about Brazzers? Yeah. I yeah. did a little shit about Brazzers because I had a scene at Brazzers. I did do a scene right after I did my black scene and it came out later, but, um, and everybody was nice, but, uh, I got a picture script, like a picture script sketches mm. of what we would do in the scene with no dialogue at all. And I was like, what, what is this? They don't even say my name in it. It was just like, no, they give them out to people. They like literally give the scripts out to they, two other people did that same script. 
And I was, I wasn't happy with that. I'm not hating on them because I think it's browsers is more like the fast food of porn and that's fine. So it kind of looked like a waffle house menu then. (laughs) Yeah. No words, just pictures. No, it was literally sketches of a girl in a pool. This is how we're going to film you. And that's how it's going to happen. And I was like, and I just come up with a black scene and I had a script there and I got to act and it was really fun to be back on on the scene like that and on and acting like that and then it was like wait i got a picture script the next one so <laughs> you know now that you said it actually if, if you think about it that's probably what they do there and then in post they'll put whatever thumbnail they want uh and they'll mm-hmm. title it whatever they want simply right. for that i mean probably for that exact reason of look we can turn whatever generic thing we shoot into a catchy thumbnail or a title and then just repurpose it over and over again as that's long exactly as we it. As long Absolutely. as we get the scenes in the can, we're good to go, right? right? Right. And I mean, I know a lot of great people who perform for them and stuff, but it's, and it's fine. But I like people think that's the only thing out there. A lot of people think like browser style stuff is that's it. That's what porn is. But I'm actually, and we're actually, you know, at Deeper and Vixen making cinematic pieces. We're at full scripts and, and really putting a lot of production value into it and stuff and a lot of thought and a lot of dialogue. I mean, in one one of my last movies, I had a three page monologue solid. Like I was in 750 lines. So it's not like just your regular average every day. And you know what? Your regular average every day is fun. Some, I like that. I like, like the fast food element, you know, just having fun. But then there's also the steak dinner too. Mm, yeah. And uh, I enjoy the steak dinner more I, personally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with your amount of followers, uh, I'd imagine people still want you in mainstream movies as well, too, right? Yeah, it's been amazing. Actually, I've gotten more respect and more interest for mainstream and uh, everything since I've made a splash in porn and I've made my brand and I've built my following, my business and everything. So it's amazing. Like before I did it, people would, would say, oh, porn would ruin your career in anything, quote unquote, mainstream or or whatever. And it's like, it's so interesting because it's actually broadened my horizons i guess because people respect like what i did and like how i took control of my own career and and my story and everything and my following too because i have such great fans that really i mean i would never have been able to do it without my fans and people say that but i honestly would never have been able to do it without my fans and also press people that i uh you know who picked up on my story and and really uh catapulted me because hollywood was telling me you can't do anything sexy if you're not, you know, under 25 and you you can't do anything sexy period because you've been on boy meets world. So, so it was like, uh, and I, and, or do anything that different that you wanted to do. And, um, and so my fans followed me along the way and then so did, and press picked up on it and that's how it kind of snowballed. And here I am. (laughs) I guess that's a pretty common thing for uh, young female uh, actors that are on wholesome content, right? Remember Jessica Beale had that whole thing that split with seventh heaven. Yep. And then she did that movie with Ray Liotta where she's like a stripper, but his daughter and he's trying to figure shit out or it was called. Correct. Cause she was trying to, to change her career at the time uh, because it is hard getting out of that. Mm. Uh, I, yeah. one of my best friends uh, was on a TGIF show, uh, Christine Lakin. Um, she's been on this show numerous times uh, from yeah. step by step. Yeah. And like, Talking to her about trying to get out of that world and the things she had to fight for going up the ladder. Uh, yes. She's not in adult film or anything, obviously, but uh, uh, she's yeah. one of the directors of the Goldbergs and a, and a ton of stuff. But everybody knows you as a kid. And then what happens is you grow up 
you don't look the same anymore. Uh, and people look at this resume and they're like, wait a minute, will the audience still remember who this is? And then are, you know, now this person doesn't really have a name anymore. We got to kind of try to figure it out and see if they would be big enough to, to lead these productions and all mm -hmm. that other stuff. And then an odd thing happened along the way, right around 2014, 15, uh, social media became bigger than all of it. So if you had a huge following, now all the casting directors care about how many Instagram followers do you have, TikTok, uh, you know, Twitter, everything else, and how can you promote a movie versus, yeah. you know, great, what was the last thing you were in? They don't really give a shit about that. They want you to go and sell the thing that you're currently doing. Right. Yeah, that's actually my trajectory in a lot of ways, because I feel the same thing. Like I couldn't, I was being typecast as that thing I was in my youth. And then, but then they wouldn't let me do anything different. They were always like, like, you know, just thinking, oh, you were on that show, but we like you in this little box we put you in, but like, we don't, we'll only pull you out like a little, every so often, like Christmas ornaments or something like for a reunion show or for some, you know, something like that. Um, and I really felt like I was being typecast and I couldn't do anything more and i wanted to do so much more and you're totally right if social media had not blown up around really around the time that well it was when girl meets world the spinoff from boy meets world came around mm -hmm. that there was so much renewed attention in the show uh and in the cast and so social media was really instagram was really starting at that time or at least i was starting i only had like a thousand followers at first and they were mostly my friends and then i started like putting up pictures sexier pictures, pictures of like when I visited the set of Girl Meets World and they they blew up and I started really getting a following. And if I didn't have social media, yeah, that would that I couldn't have done what I've done. And you're right. Mainstream now uh, respects like big followings and they, they look for that. Yeah. And it's switched. I mean, you're, you're making more money than probably everybody in movies right now. We're on a Netflix show a year. Swear to God. I, I mean, you see what the, the contracts are. Uh, residuals are non-existent pretty True. much on streamers. Yeah. You're probably making more just off of uh, Deeper and OnlyFans yeah. than 98% of Hollywood, 99% of it, I would, I would imagine, especially a woman. Yes, absolutely true. Absolutely true. And people say, oh, she had to turn to porn if they say that. I don't know. But it's like I had to. I had to have a successful business and <laughs> make a lot of money and have you know fans and a and be able to act and, and write now and direct and stuff on uh, the brands. And it's, it's, yeah, it's exciting that fact that, yeah. And a lot of porn girls are making more than most mainstream actors. And I hate saying mainstream because I think porn is so mainstream because everybody watches porn. Not everybody watches an art film on Netflix, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, nobody watches those anymore. Netflix doesn't even <laughs> Netflix doesn't even buy them anymore. No, but Netflix is making basically softcore porn quite a bit. Right? Oh, they're they're know, ramping you know it up. I think, I think that there is a way to actually have real porn and mainstream cross into a like a new genre where it's like maybe there's not as lengthy of sex scenes, but maybe there's some sex. You know, maybe there's. A little sex. That's what I want to do. <laughs> There's actually a lot of it. Um, they just picked up yeah. another show maybe, what, three days ago? Yeah. Um, on their, uh, the last one, was it Sex Life? I remember that guy's hog in the shower at no, 19 minutes and 40 that seconds. Was, that Beautiful was a wild, that guy. That was a while <laughs> back. They released uh, 365 days two years ago. And since oh, yeah. then, they've oh, released, yeah. since, since then, they've released two or three more of them. They were shooting them in like six weeks, editing them and putting them out. Yeah. 
which is, you know, whatever. But they're great for yeah. ratings, yeah. and that's what people want. So, I, again, yeah. I, I yeah. don't think it matters anymore. Uh, I don't think it matters either. I think we've totally gone over. It's like it's interesting because, like, older people, I would say, and I'm not saying they're old, but they're like, if you're over a certain age, like 50s, 60s, that age, they they grew up with um, having to be like go behind the curtain at the video store to watch porn or sneaking some video out of their father's drawer or whatever. Now it's like I think the people in their twenties and thirties are really they they watch internet porn so easy accessible easily accessible and um, they think it's normal and it is normal and I think that's that's really a shifting it's really shifting that way especially with the younger generations yeah and the other thing that's shifting is the way to monetize it um, because I know porn was in trouble for a while yeah. after yeah. VCR tapes ended and DVDs ended same with independent film in Hollywood once the DVD sales were gone everybody was like oh shit how do I get paid from doing this and then it went online and people were watching porn online it was like all right how do they get paid then? Uh, and then you had the OnlyFans and everything else where you could really, really monetize it. And now it's yeah. turned back in your favor where there was a good eight to 10 years where a lot of these guys were starting to go out of business. Um, but right. now they've been able to turn it around and, and you guys make all the money from it. Um, I'm curious, do any of your co-stars take a peek at your salary online and be like, Hey, Maitland, uh, thinking about getting into this, how do I do it? Yeah, somebody in the chat uh, actually asked if you would do a scene with Ryder Strong, but he's... Because <laughs> his name is so good. Mary, yeah, I he's mean... He's got the best porn name of all time. Yeah, his parents were trying to get him into the, the industry. Fact, he has the best porn name, yes. Mm. Ryder Strong. But somebody else said, well, Ben Savage is a pretty good porn name, too. <laughs> mm. That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't say my Boy Meets World co-stars asked me, but I did have Hollywood people like people I've worked with in, you know, uh, different productions and stuff mainstream did call me and uh, during the pandemic, especially ah. like when we were in lockdown and OnlyFans was really blowing up. Yep. Um, they would say, Oh, you know, they, they, maybe they wouldn't say it straight out. They wouldn't want to like maybe do a scene with me, but they were like, how do I uh, get on OnlyFans? How do I maybe like one couple asked me, uh, who uh, the guy's an actor and the wife, the wife's not an actor, but they wanted to like see if they could do like maybe where they didn't show their face. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And so, and I was like, they have done that. I don't know if they actually went through with it, but uh, there are faceless people that do that. But it, honestly, during the pandemic, people wanted to, you know, they saw the money and only fans and they really wanted to capitalize on that. So, and I think a lot of mainstream people actually did and they came out, you know, with um, they didn't do, porn necessarily but they they sell their stuff only fans yeah it's getting it's getting close that line's getting real blurred it's very close yes yeah we, we've got some friends who are where, you, where we look at them uh after being on the show we're like ah you give them six months yeah and, and, and they'll be they'll be they'll be fucking their husband on on only fans like, i know well you, i hope that's the case i hope more people like embrace porn and and being sexual because it's not a taboo so it's not a taboo thing anymore and and porn stars don't get like the stigma of that but i like you said i really think that's changing i think it is and only fans has been so instrumental in that and online content has been so instrumental because you're right in the past uh it was very hard for performers like when you said about the dhs and, and dvd and everything when that was there was a period where it was hard to you know make money but then all of a sudden only fans and all that put the power into the performer's hands to make the money and stuff. And I honestly think that OnlyFans and stuff does help the sites too. People think it takes away all the way, but 
if people get to know somebody on OnlyFans and they see all their stuff, they're more likely to buy from a site if they're the big fan of theirs. So it's kind of, we kind of, it's a hand-holding situation, I guess. Today's show is brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash drinking bros. 30% off everything in the entire store with the promo code drinking bros at checkout. That is the pillows, the sheets, the mattresses, the adjustable bases, the covers, all the things are 30% off. Also, right now, they're giving away two free luxury pillows with a mattress. Hopefully, if you're uh, uh, down in Florida in the middle of the stink of it right now, you're, uh, you're on a ghost bed uh, because God knows you need to be in comfort while all that shit's going on. Uh, to the rest of you, Something bad might happen in your area. You might want to watch the world burn in a ghost bed. Go get a ghost bed from ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. 40% off the bundle package. That's the adjustable base and the mattress combined together for one amazing evening of lovemaking or multiple. Uh, unless you break it on the first night. Kidding. That thing's sturdy as hell, dog. Uh, that's a Lizzo bed, dog. Uh, you're good to go. Comes with a super sleek remote, uh, USB ports, flashlights, you name it. You can pop that up in a TV mode, book mode, and you can even vibrate the whole bed. Let's go, fam. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. And at the bottom of the screen, you're going to see a 60-month pay-as-you-go program. No interest as long as you have decent credits. When you check out of there, now if you click that box... Uh, all the deals that I mentioned uh, earlier are applicable with that. And you can walk out of there with a brand new bedroom set for about 25 bucks a month. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we've got babble.com forward slash drinking bros. You know Babbel. Babbel's been on the show for a while. Right now, they're giving you up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com forward slash drinking bros this is learning a new language kids uh it's important out there one of these days you're gonna want to travel you're gonna want to know some of the key phrases in this city like how to get a cab or excuse me i need to check into my hotel or airbnb uh babble gives you all the basics that you need and they offer it in 14 different languages uh, at babble.com forward slash drinking bros. They got Spanish, French, German, Italian, uh, best in the business. The, the, the beauty of it too is not only do they have the lessons, but you can also listen to podcasts, uh, play games in other languages. You can do a bunch of fun stuff, unlike those other boring apps uh, that we won't mention on this show today. We won't do it, Bob. We're not going to mention any of them today, damn it. Uh, with Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson uh, so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Uh, their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accents. Uh, there's so many ways you can learn with Babbel. Uh, in addition, like I said, to, to just the lessons, there is podcasts. You can listen to podcasts in Spanish 
French, German, whatever you want, games, videos, stories. Uh, there's even live classes that you can join. Uh, plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash drinking bros. That is babbel.com slash drinking bros for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel. It's a language for life. Last but not least, we got the Drinking Bros store. Go to drinkingbros.com, click on the store, and buy some merch, dog. Uh, it really helps us keep the lights on in this damn place, and, and the beauty of it is all the money goes to us, all right? Not somebody else, uh, and we use it for, for employees and, and clips and videos and everything else. Uh, that The merch... Really, really helps the show, and uh, and we greatly appreciate the support. Uh, we've got some new hoodies in there. Short sleeves are still in there. Uh, we got the new hats in there. Uh, we're even working on a line of thigh huggers uh, with Lance Liggett. Looked at some of those prototypes today. Uh, you name it, we've got it in the store. And there's a ton of great deals going on right now because we're trying to get rid of some of our summer stuff to head into fall. So go to drinkingbros.com, click on the store and support the show and buy some merch, dog. Well, I also think during the pandemic, everything became more personal and you wanted to see inside somebody else's house or life and see what they were doing versus watching some scripted well-lit studio production of porn where they were like hey dude i'm stuck in my house just like everybody else i want to see my favorite person have sex in their real bedroom at home versus being on a set uh or in the back of a van down by a river yeah no actually that's very true and it became became personal even on my um OnlyFans, and I talk about this, uh, it, people wanted human connection as well. So I would do a lot of live shows for my OnlyFans and stuff. And half of the show would be really just talking with everyone. They they weren't seeing anyone. Like pe- you couldn't go out. You couldn't like make connections. I was getting um, requests on my, for my, con- on my content and for my custom videos that I sell. Um, Cause I'll, you know, people request custom videos uh, of just like date night. They just wanted me to have like a dirty date with them. So like they pretended like I was meeting them at a bar, like in a situation where they couldn't do that then. And so all of a sudden they, they just wanted to have that connection with me. And then, then we do the sex stuff after that. I had a, I had a headless rubber man who uh, he's, I liked him because his dick was always straight up and he had no head to talk back at me. <laughs> I called him quarantine man. <laughs> And that was your partner during this? That was my partner during my quarantine situation. Yes, yes. He's the real MVP. Did you you name him? Quarantine man. That's all I called him. I didn't, he didn't have a head. So I didn't feel like, (laughs) I couldn't tell his personality. I didn't know if you want to be like, ah, this is Trevor. You know, Trevor's (laughs) uh, going through the pandemic. He doesn't have any symptoms uh, and he's clean. So I'm going to ride Trevor for a little bit. He can't get me sick because he has no head. So he couldn't like sneeze on me or cough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you recently took some heat for calling out Kim Kardashian uh, and Paris Hilton for their sex tape fame. Uh, look, I think being in Hollywood, we all knew that it was it, it's yeah. fake. They obviously staged it and gave it out. Ray J in the last couple of weeks has even come I know. out. He confirms what I said. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Um, and yeah. he, he said, look, the contracts were extensive. Um, mm-hmm. There was even some scenes that uh, the, the the mom, I guess, wanted 
her to reshoot because she didn't look great in some of those scenes. Um, you know the process. Can you walk everybody through? Whenever you see a leaked celebrity sex tape, it's not really leaked. I mean, you've got to sign no. a million release forms. Well, like the original, like Pam Anderson one. I believe that was a leaked one because that was before a lot of rules were in place, I think. So um, honestly, you cannot sell a sex tape anymore inside. Like you cannot sell a DVD of it or anything if you do not have two forms of identification, first of all, of the person and their signature, their film signature. Because for every scene that we do, we have to go on film and say, I consent to this. I'm not under the influence of alcohol or drugs. I know I'm going to take, you know, sex stills and I'm going to do have sex on tape. You have your two IDs. You fill out all this paperwork. There is no way that it would be legal for them to sell like what a night in Paris in the stores without her permission. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so anytime you see a sex tape now, it is absolutely they have orchestrated it ahead of time. She should have gotten like a coach or something. If it was all intentional, because she yeah. she sucks, man. That was a boring one. That was the dumbest shit I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, did you watch? Do you watch all the celebrity ta- tapes and rate them? Not all of them, but I remember back then. I remember watching it. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't like have full interest in it, but yeah, you get you get interested in it at the time just because you hear about it and stuff. But I don't like examine them for their for how they do it. But I yeah, you're right. They should like, that's what, see, I didn't make a celebrity tape. Definitely. I, I mean, I guess you can consider I did, but I was totally consenting of it and everything. But I, I think a lot of the celebrities, they're not, they don't know how to perform the porn, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and and my theory behind it, and, and I've, we've chatted about this on the show before is when you're that hot and that famous you don't really have to do anything to get the guys. Therefore, you're not doing all the crazy sex shit uh, right. that it, re- it would require. Uh, like somebody like a Waffle House waitress, right? Like that is going to be a greasy night of magic where you're just like, holy yeah, shit. T- Tiger Woods wasn't cheating with supermodels. He, no. was, he was banging like Walmart employees and shit. Yeah, because that's where shit got wild. Yeah. You're not going to Paris Hilton for the craziest night of your life. F- fives and sixes, that, yep. those, that's where the deals are at. Yep. Yeah, and it's true. But well, the thing that helped me was, like I said, I had porn stars that I was working with. So they knew what they were doing and they really helped me along. And then they, they know how to, you know, make it work, so to speak. So I learned a lot that way. And so the people that on the sex tapes, they're not necessarily, uh, they're not professionals. <laughs> no, they're definitely not professionals, except for one. There was one that I saw. It was uh, Farrah Abraham. Uh, oh, she- see, that was a big setup. Yeah, that was a big setup. Um yeah, what was it? The backdoor Farah? Yes, and uh, yeah, and it was ja- it was James Dean. Too. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was James Dean. And when I watched that, it was yeah, so I- professional. I was like, we're not really trying to pass this off as a leaked sex tape, are That's we? Why it was like so ridiculous trying to say it was a sex tape with James Dean. Like, come on, like. <laughs> yeah, they looked like they were on a soundstage at Paramount. I was like, holy shit, this is well lit. Like, this is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and it's James Dean. You don't just bump into him out and you're like, hey, what are you doing? You want to come right. back and bone? And oh my God, there's uh, f- you know four cameramen uh, in here and we're, we're shooting it all in reds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. It's not. It's like, it was totally set up. And so I, I know somebody else, I don't know the brand, but somebody else had offered her a deal that she turned down. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. I don't have the details on it, but I know I, I've heard talk of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and with the, with the Paris Hilton thing, what was that? She got 400 grand or something and then allegedly gave it to charity. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. 
But don't you get residuals on it? I know Ray J gets residuals. All those guys get residuals on it, right? No, I don't get residuals on the porn necessarily. I mean, I I feel like, yeah, I don't, there's not really residuals on porn. Unfortunately, I think there should be like a union, more of a union that enforces that. Local 702, right? Yeah. You need a you need a good union to really enforce those rules. Mm. Uh, but if memory serves me correct, I think Kim Kardashian that was part of the deal they cut where they yeah. got a piece of it forever, right? Oh yeah, if you if you cut a deal like that, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, if you like go out and just have a contract originally, yeah, you will do that <laughs> for sure. And and I'm sure they've obviously offered you uh, spinoffs of your own show, right? Like Boy Meets Hole and stuff like that. I've had, you know, what's funny though. Um, I never wanted to do like a cheesy spinoff of it really. Cause I, I just, yeah. Like boy meets home. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did do in this a movie we have out now on deeper, it's called drift. It's not a boy meets world spinoff necessarily, but we do a sitcom kind of a parody, which is very dystopian, like a very dystopian parody where it could be like 50s, 60s, 70s. And it kind of flashes back and forth, but um, it, it was definitely like it was it was cool to be like do this sitcom kind of parody but um and then i because i'm i play america's sweetheart and it's kind of like a metaphor for my own story and i'm in this sitcom and then i walk off stage and i go into the night and i that's where i go down my you know trail of debauchery yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and that's where i eventually end on my db <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, that's what usually happens, that's right, a, Dan? It's a tale, it's a tale as old as time. It sure is. It sure it's is. It's like my life, though, because it was like I was on the sitcom and I kind of, you know, went, went off stage, I guess, and then found myself and found this, this uh, I won't say dark, but like this sexual edge to myself. And, uh, and I took all these chances and I ended up with the DP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, again, tale as old as time, that's going to happen. Uh, let's say a CBS came along and offered you uh, a bunch of money to do a traditional three-camera sitcom, but they said, hey, you've got to get out of porn. Would you do it? Um, I would love to do a three-camera sitcom again, uh, just because, you know what? I had, a good, I had good advice the other day from an old friend. He said, you know what? Don't say mainstream and porn anymore. You're an actor playing a role in whatever medium you choose. And right now you're choosing porn and you love porn. And I don't think I would give, I wouldn't give up like my, uh, my audience and my, and my only fans and everything like that. I wouldn't, but I don't think I would have to make that choice anymore because they know what they're getting out of me. <laughs> they know who I am. So I don't think I wouldn't turn my back on porn. No, I wouldn't. Although I think the opportunities are there for mainstream, like mainstream. And I hate using that term again, Sure. but I think they're um, there again and porn is not something like it's not as taboo and stigmatized as it used to be where you'd say give that up you can't have anything to do with that um i think any kind of sitcom or project i would work on in you know hollywood would definitely know who my audience is and what i do and i and i love that i can embrace both worlds yeah um because i remember uh simon rex had some problems back in the day Uh, that, that's why I ask is, uh, you know, they were eventually like, Hey dude, are you going to do this? Are you going to keep doing this one thing or the other and everything else? And I think eventually they ended up firing from that gig anyway. So it I didn't matter. That. Yeah. That. Uh, and that's why I asked, um, because it had it, a great film recently. I mean, this film was amazing. Crushed. Uh, it's getting rave reviews right now. So 
it is possible to go back and do whatever you want after having multiple careers. And again, I think it's more about the social media and the following these days uh, yeah. than, it, than it is, uh, you know, for acting and everything else. I mean, even in books for uh, in advance and stuff like that, all they do is tear apart your back end numbers on your social media um, yeah. because they want you to promote it. Mm-hmm. That is a huge part of it. And it's, it's so true. If you don't have the social media following and, you know, the fans in order to back it up that they are looking for that these days. And I, and that is changing things. And that's why there's so much more opportunities for people in the adult industry or who have, uh, you know, gone off the path of so-called mainstream to, to come, you know, to have many more opportunities than they did 10 years ago, it would not have happened. I would not have had the opportunities that I have now. I would not, I don't, I wouldn't have written a book. I wouldn't have been able to write that if, um, you know, if it was 10 years ago, but thankfully like social media has been so much a part of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we had a, a guest on the show a few weeks ago who was a Boston nurse who got fired uh, for doing OnlyFans. Some of her, you know, nurses out at her. Uh, she's making a shit ton of money, so it's it's fine. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? But uh, she said, I know. She said something similar to what you said earlier where she would get a bunch of wild requests. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked her. What's the wildest shit you've been asked to do that you you said no to? Oh, I actually got advice from an adult performer early on to never do something like a shaming video. A, a shaming kind of because I'm like a dominatrix stuff and say you have a little dick or whatever. They like that. But never like call people like I would never do it anyway. But there are requests where people of like will want you to humiliate them in such a terrible way that if, you know, if people saw the videos of that, they wouldn't understand that it was the person wanting that. Um, and it would it's just not good. It's just not good anyway. And I would never want to have myself seen like that. And I would never want to do that. So but people do request. There are certain people who request just terrible shaming videos. The nurse on had erased sexuality, and it's just it's really disturbing. And I always say no to those. Always. The, the nurse had said the same thing. Oh, she did. Yeah. She did same thing. Like especially a lot of like racial stuff. Where she was like, yeah, dude, if someone, done. yeah, if someone clips that, like, I'm not, I don't want to do it anyway. But like, just even that, beyond that, yeah. It could be this person, like, say, a person of a certain race wants them to be shamed because of your race, and it's like. They want that, but I don't want to do that. And it's, it would be terrible if it got, you know, in the, you know, people saw that and I wouldn't want to be seen like that. Yeah. I can only imagine if somebody was asking you to scream white power in their face yeah. while you're jacking off or something. You're like, Hey bro, I, there's, there's requests. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> you have to turn those people away. <laughs> so you do get a lot of requests like that? Not a lot. No, not a lot, but there are every so often it comes along and it's like, uh, it's, well, she got a request. Uh, I think somebody offered her twenty five thousand bucks for four of her teeth. Yes. Oh my mistaken. god! I never had anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was molars. So look, your insurance is going to pay to have them out anyways. That's free money. Yeah. Would you give up a molar? How? What's your, what's what's the number to pull no, out a molar? Well, millions of dollars, maybe. Because <laughs> we could no, we, we could try to raise it to get a molar. I'd like to have it, you know, bronzed <laughs> on set. Yeah, and I can also I do had, the surgery for you. So yeah. I had a guy, a friend of mine who's a porn star, shave his beard and he gave his, sold his beard hair, which I mean, whatever. But he was afraid later on that they would sprinkle it on a crime scene. <laughs> and he'd be <laughs> accused of it. I said, I don't know. I think you'd have an alibi in another state or whatever. But that's yeah, actually that kind of genius. That they'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's actually kind of genius. What would, how much money would it take for you to shave your beard? What, do you have a number? Uh, I'm not motivated by money. There's no amount of money somebody could offer me to do something that I didn't want to do. I've never seen you without a beard. 
all these years, there is no number? No. And the reason I asked that is, you know, uh, with ZZ Top, that was a, a thing for years and years and years. And Bob looked this up, but I think they got him to shave it for a Super Bowl commercial uh, eventually. And it was a fuck ton of money. Um, and I want to say it was in the $2 million range for that. Dollars, your beard does grow back. <laughs> it sure does, too. Not a molar. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, look, you could get an implant. I think you'd be fine. Yeah, I know. For he, two million dollars, maybe. <laughs> he turned down a million dollars to shave his beard. Oh, he said no to that. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Oh. Wow. Wow. A million wow. dollars. Fucking hey, I check. Our other producer, Delco Dan, back there is just stroking his beard as we speak. That would be long it's gone like for 10K, probably. Yeah, but it would grow back before the fucking day was out. That's true. His hair grows super fast. Yeah. Uh, that's true. What about uh, uh, like scat porn and things like that? Because uh, that, that's another one where people pay a lot of money to get shit on and things like that. Yeah, I, you're right. That's a request, too. I don't do that. And also, you can't do that on OnlyFans. It's not even if. They don't allow certain things. They don't allow like pee and stuff. Oh, they really? I didn't know that. They allow squirting, but okay. not yeah. And so you couldn't even do that. But no, that's not something that I want to do, really. So what about another- that thing that uh, Russell Brand was into, where you run over people's dick with wheelchair a porn. wheelchair? Yeah. yeah, wheelchair porn. I oh, you mean just pounding a dick? You know what? The wildest request I've had, actually from a porn star, was biting his dick as hard as I could. Mm. Oh man! Seems like a as bad idea. I, could. I thought it was a nibble, but it was hot. I had a good time doing it. So, how, if you like that kind of thing, I will run over your dick. I will bite your dick. <laughs> but but how hard to the point where you're like, all right, I, I can bite this thing clean off at this point. How do you know when to to lay off? Uh, you know, it, I I he kept saying going harder, like seriously. So I I mean I I wouldn't do it where I drew blood or anything, but like. Um, yeah, it's, it, that's what I was wondering at first. Like, when is it going to hurt him? But yeah. then he, he left, so I was like, okay, I'm going with that. I'm biting the dick. Um, but I don't know, like, yeah, certain people like their balls really squeezed, like really squeezed, like, or and just really like, you know, they want me to be rough. And, and you know, if you like that, I'm for that. I'll do it. <laughs> if you want it, if you're, if you're consenting to that. What about having sex with a fan? I saw Angela White uh, again on a, a podcast the other day, which is why I keep bringing up her name. I, I watched the whole thing. It was, I think it was Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and she, they asked her if she had ever had sex with a fan before. Um, mm-hmm. And she said yes, but it took like 18 months worth of interaction on OnlyFans, and she thought the guy was funny, and she eventually uh, agreed to do it. Have you ever had sex with one of your fans? I would say... Not in the traditional uh, sense of, yeah, but I guess if you know somebody a long time and yeah, like 18 months, it's kind of like they're your fan, but that you know them. It's not like you just picked them up straight off the street and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have sex with you. But you know what? I've actually thought about that to do it like just for fun on my uh, like OnlyFans and stuff. So who knows? I might have a contest coming up. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm Look, I'm sure everybody and their mother would sign up for that. Do it for Veterans Day. It's November the 11th. That's true. Dan's oh. a veteran. Not for me. Not but, for you, yeah. but for, for somebody else. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of veterans out there. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a ton. There's several. Yeah. A nice Veterans Day video would be great for the nation, you know? It would, it really I think would. it would bring us together. You know what? I'm for that. Maybe that is the idea coming up. There we go. You yeah. I, I think that would be a good one for security, sure. Security for like when they buy the video, I can donate to charity with it. Absolutely. Um, I know they were doing it down at, what was it, the Sausage Castle down there? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Mike Busey's place? Yep. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah. I mean, it's probably getting wiped out by a fucking hurricane right now. That's true. At least it'll clean off all the stuff. You know what I mean? Because there's it? cum everywhere down there. <laughs> that place is wild down there. Mm-hmm. Anybody ever give you a script from Boy Meets World and ask you to read that? Oh, uh, I've had... No, I have custom requests, though, actually. Not the actual script. I mean, I guess I've done that, but not for porn. I mean, people have requested, you know, have a script signed or whatever. Um, But I have had requests, a lot of requests to do stuff as Rachel, my character, not on script, but like, can you pretend to be Rachel and be in the shower? Because there's like episodes where I'm in a towel. And Mm -hmm. so like, do the real shower scene that was never shown (laughs) or whatever. So um, I do stuff like that. I definitely take like Rachel requests, that kind of an act like the character. So, um, so while it's not like the actual script, it's kind of like, you know, my little take on it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, now I want to talk about your flashlights. You have your own flashlights. Um, how does that even start? Do they mold your vagina? And is it an all day process where they're like, all right, great. We're going to put you up in some syrups and then uh, ru- rubber you up and then go inside and, and see what the fit is like? It is like a, a odd gynecological process, but it's it's more enjoyable because they give you, you know, a lunch and some a nice sweet. And I was in Vegas doing it. So it was like I was overlooking the strip. Um, I think it takes like a half day. It doesn't take the full day. But um, yes, you're absolutely like you. First of all, you have to get the Hitachi. They give you a Hitachi and they let you take it home, too. But because they don't want to give used Hitachis to everybody. Yeah. But. No, but they say, listen, get your, get your flower going because, but you can't like come, you have to just get it like warmed up because they want your mold to be where you're ready for sex and you're turned on because, you know, so it's like more, the blood's coming to the surface. So maybe just like spend a few minutes looking at a picture of Gavin Rossdale or something. You know, whatever gets you, they gave me a Hitachi, but honestly, you know, whatever gets you going and it gets, you know, so you get revved up and. Um, and then they put this, this kind of plastery stuff on, on you and in you and stuff. And so you do that. But then they also have this wand where they, they go all the way up in you and get all the little crevices and stuff. Like it's, yeah, they do it on the, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like it's, is there a camera on the end of it? No, it's like, I don't, honestly, I don't remember what it does exactly, but it's, it's not a camera, but it's kind of like it on the computer. It takes all the little crevices and it like shows up like it's a scan it's kind of a it's a scanner kind of thing oh gotcha gotcha and then afterwards do they send you a prototype and if so do you give that to your husband to fuck it and be like hey does this really feel like my vagina yes or no i actually did and he said yes but he's he's weirded out (laughs) can you do a blind taste test on something like that (laughs) that would be that would be a good one for the company to line all you guys up and then you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure one porn star has had sex with a bunch of you guys, and then yeah. line them up and be like, "All right, yeah. whose vagina is this?" You know what's funny? People think like, "Oh, yeah, like you must fuck a million guys." It's like it's pretty much the pool of porn men is the same pool that we all the women have sex with. It's kind of like a big, it's a, a relationship sort of. We have sex with the same men over and over, which I'm not complaining about because there's only so many men that can do it so well. But yeah, so I think if you did line them up, I think I think there'd be men that could uh, figure that out. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, and oddly enough, we just had this conversation off air, uh, off air the other day. That's why we brought up the Owen Gray guy. 
it seems yeah. like you see him everywhere, uh, and then yeah. it goes in spurts. I know James Dean had a falling out with the industry, and uh, and he was kind of out of there. But he was the guy for the for a while. It seems like mm-hmm. Owen Gray is the guy for now. Uh, who else are some of your favorites that you've worked with? Oh well, like Manuel Ferreira, always, um, and uh, Danny Mountain and Isaiah Maxwell. We've been in forever. They were my first two guys. So I mean. Yeah, we, I just know them all so well, and we have great scenes together. And um, and I think, yeah, like Seth Gamble's great, and he's he's really a guy for them. He's in everything. He's he does amazing, and he was in my DP, so I had a great time with him. And yeah, uh, Mick Blue is one too. Is in a lot of stuff, especially the stuff that Vixen does. And so, um, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about those guys. Anybody else that, that that's out there that maybe you've seen some of their stuff? Where you call your your agent or whoever, and you're like, "Hey, can you give me that guy? That looks like a, a great dick right there." <laughs> you do that, but honestly, a certain people who are only like contracted with another company, you can't. I can't work with. I can, I can do it on OnlyFans and stuff if they are allowed to. But um, on, I pick the people for my scenes that I do have an attraction to, and I do want to work with. Um, so, so yeah, I do do that all the time. I think I, I say, you know what, this scene would be great with this person. And I think I really want to work with this person. And so, and then I get suggestions too, if I don't know about a person, maybe it's a newer performer coming up. Uh, they'll say, would you like to work with this person? And I look them up and I'm like, yeah, I mean, so uh, yeah, it's been it, I always, I always get a say in it, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah, that's nice because sometimes you don't always do it, no, right? A, a, a lot, lot of these, yeah, they don't. <laughs> yeah, a lot of performers do not. They find out the next, like the day of. Hey, I'm working with this person. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing that everybody talks about is that hygiene is a big issue. Where some of them have shown up, and it was like, hey, this person was off the fucking rails yesterday. Uh, they don't smell or taste that great. What do you do in a situation like that? That's an interesting one. I haven't come across it that much because I, like I said, I do try to put people who are very professional and have been in the industry for a while and know how to work it. But I, I've had a couple instances. I mean, you really have to just grin and bear it. If you're in the middle of the scene, Oh man! I mean, I, you know, uh, or if you're in the middle of content or whatever, and you're like, ay, ay, ay. Um, but I haven't had any more. I've been like physically disgusted where I could not continue on. But yeah, I mean, I would, you know, they haven't worn deodorant as much as they should, or, you know, they, they haven't cleaned down there. That's more of an issue with um, guys, I think. Although I have to say most of the guys in the porn industry do keep themselves like clean and well manicured and stuff. So the biggest issue I think is when the guy's, are not hydrated and their cum is like thick and you have to swallow it. That's, um, you know, it, I like it when they're hydrated and they drink their juices and it's, it's nice. And I like to swallow it then, but if it's like they haven't, you know, I don't know, they may eat a lot of meat or something. Well, it's also uh, thicker semen is a byproduct um, of having a lower sperm count as well. Is it really? So, yeah. So people who uh, take TRT but don't take the other supplementary stuff uh-huh. like HCG and things like that, sure, it'll thicken up on you. Really? Mm. Yeah. I didn't know that. And is the juice thing true? Like pineapple juice and all that stuff? It is kind of true. It's what you eat. Yeah. I actually, uh, one guy I was with, he had a great pump. They want to get a good cum load too, like to have it come out a lot, not just a thick little 
spurt. But um, yeah, and he was like, I'm juicing this week and look at him, it comes so great. And it, and it was great, it is true, it is true, it's what you eat too. What about Ropex? Like you see the the like the ads for Ropex online. I don't think it's Ropex. Real? There's a different one now. I don't know what it's is called. Is that real thick ropes? Um, uh, look at Seminex. Seminex, I think, is the one. Oh, Seminex. Look it up, Bob. Is it Ropex? Yeah. Because um, I think they wanted to sponsor the show back in the day. Yeah, but you got to take like four pills every day for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, but you get amazing ropes. Eh. Apparently, um, yeah, it's Seminex uh, volume and intensity enhancer. Oh, it's Seminex, and you can know. you can get it at your local Walmart. No shit. Although, yeah, I don't know about guys using that, but they definitely guys will use Viagra if they if they've been doing, especially doing a lot of scenes to you know, or they'll shoot their dicks up. Certain yeah. certain guys shoot them up. Harvey Weinstein <laughs> was shooting his dick up. That was yeah. the thing because the injection goes down like at the base of your cock, right? I guess so. I haven't actually seen anybody do it in person, but they go away and do it, and some of them, yeah. And come Fuck, back. Dude. I got to be honest. You know? There's again. I'm going to bring it back to. I, I guess maybe I'm not the right audience or, or the right person to ask about this because I'm not motivated by money. But there's no amount of money you could offer me to put a needle in my cock. I know, right? Yep, that Honestly, would be a tough one. And also, if you do it too much over the years, you'll have so many problems with erections later. And so, the, the porn performers who have been in it a long time don't do that. They don't like. If they've been in it a long time. They it just doesn't because you can't last that long if you keep shooting up your dick. Yeah, and look, Viagra and Cialis should be enough for it. If you need a yeah, needle, right, right. if you need a no, needle, need yeah, right. Shit's going south. Like I heard, like the Harvey Weinstein thing. I heard he had an accident. Like you know, there was something seriously wrong with him, and and that's why he was getting a needle to the dick. But then you have like two hours, which is you know obviously where his problems came in. in into yeah. where you're just like, whoops, well, you got two hours. Got to get that <laughs> massage going real quick so you can get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> with your book that's out uh, everywhere, what's something everywhere. in, yeah, everywhere. What's, uh, what's something in the book uh, that people would find interesting that you might not have shared in an interview anywhere? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I think. I just think that they'll find my sexual uh, exploration interesting. I don't think a lot of that's been talked about because, you know, the Boy Meets World stuff comes up or the white chicks or my early years, like on soaps and stuff, because people are known in that. And so they, you know, people latch onto that. Um, I think they're going to find out like it has, it's interesting how my sexual path progressed because there's a lot of anecdotes about, you know, people I've been with and relationships that I was in. There's a lot of stuff like with women that I think people are going to be more surprised about. Maybe not because I do a lot of stuff with women too. But I mean, I think they're going to, I think they'll be, I think they'll be entertained. And I think one of the things that people think, oh, it's a sex book. So it's just all about sex and drama and all this stuff. And there is a lot of that, but there's also a lot of funny stuff too. There's a lot of fun stuff because porn and all of that can be very fun and it's a lot of fun people and it's not the taboo serious like they all people always think it's some old guy smoking a cigarette watching this drug infused orgy and it's like on this dirty sound stage it really isn't it's like it is like hollywood's downstage it's just we have sex on it but um but it's a lot of, there's a lot of funny circumstances and stuff i think people will get a kick out of <laughs> and did you voice your own audiobook Yes, I did. And the audiobook has been doing so great. I really, yeah, it was so wild to have to read your story back to yourself in a little booth. Yeah. I mean, 
I know you guys are there with your you know headphones, but I was in like this little bitty booth and the, the people are in the sound booth out there. And, and so just reading your story back to yourself is so interesting, but I had a great time doing it. It was like over like four or five days for like five hours a day. So um, it was, it was pretty interesting. My throat was like this at the end. I had to throw coat tea constantly. Oh <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Audiobook is crushing. The book is out everywhere. Uh, Simon and Schuster, uh, it's a big deal. We appreciate you being here. Now's the point in the show. We get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. It can be a man or a woman. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Oh, I'm going to say, who should I say? I don't know. There's so many people that inspired me. Um, I think at the end of the day, it would be my mother because she early on, she was very conservative and stuff, but she, uh, in recent years, she's, she's been so supportive of like my career and everything. And I think I saw that she had missed opportunities that she wished she would have taken up, taken up, but she was too scared to. And so she is so proud of me that I was fearless in it. And I think that, um, it inspires me to really go for my dreams and go for what I want to do because she wasn't able to early on and especially in the era that she lived into. So, I mean, so I guess I'll say that that's a, that's a pat answer, but that's, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. It's true. Does she watch your work now? No. She, well, she watches the acting parts of it. She doesn't watch the sex parts of it. No, but there's a lot of acting parts of it, like that are very serious and like, you know, the monologues I have and stuff. So, and my dad has been supportive and uh, people that I, I would never think like would really like, you know, support my endeavors or like, yeah, they might not watch it like Will says, yeah. you know, yeah. but they're like supporting my happiness and my success and everything that I do that, that I, that I love doing. Sure. Well, Will's a goddamn liar. Yeah. He's a liar. He's seen it. <laughs> my he dad definitely seen it. No, your dad probably <laughs> hasn't. Well, I don't know <laughs> no, your dad. Don't. I don't know your dad. <laughs> no. So I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? No. Uh, the thing will, that, yeah. It, will, yeah. Will definitely has. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah of course he has. <laughs> um, the thing that I like about your story in particular, uh, before we get out of here, is it's not tragic or anything else. You made the decision just to just to do it because you loved it, uh, yeah. and you're more than happy to talk about it uh, to people, and you enjoy what you do. Whereas I think a lot of people moved to LA for a different reason, and then they they felt shameful of of doing porn and everything else, and that's not you. No, that's not me at all. And I really hope I bring to light that you don't have to be ashamed because you love to sexually perform or you are in porn or in the adult industry. I hope that people see that it can be an empowering thing and that a lot of people live. I know a lot of people in porn who love what they do. That's why they're doing it. It's not that they were forced into it. Um, I'm sure there's, of course, there's tragic cases, just like there's tragic cases in Hollywood and, and everywhere modeling and, and, music industry and stuff. But honestly, there are so many people who have found a safe haven in porn because they felt other than or different in their sexuality or who they were as, as people, as humans. And the real taboos and stigmas happen when they leave porn and try to go back into society. And people have these preconceived notions of them and they treat them as something other than or shameful or have these stigmas and taboos against them. And that's what hurts them. That's what causes the drug addiction and the suicide and all this terrible stuff. Um, so I think, I hope my book shows people, listen, it's normal. These people are normal and, 
you know, let's, let's just let everybody live and let live however they want to and not have these taboos anymore that harm people. Absolutely. Well, cheers. Uh, the book is called Rated X, How Porn Liberated Me from Hollywood. It is available everywhere you get books. Amazon's the easiest. comes to your house in about 48 hours. Or you can go to Audible and just download it immediately. Uh, you're, she's reading the book, guys. There's no excuse. You, you can have it within an hour. Uh, even yeah. if, you, if you're without electricity, you can download it on your phone. Yeah. You're good to go. I uh, actually, yeah, I had a friend in Florida during who said he's going to read the whole book during the hurricane. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> you're gonna, like, yeah, you're going to be stuck inside without electricity. Uh, you might as well listen to Maitland Ward. Yeah, thanks for being here. Check out her book uh, for D'Anthony D'Anthony Holloway. I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone.